Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Greetings, everyone. Welcome. My name is Andy Neal, and you're listening to The Hiker Podcast. What is up there, hikers? This is Andy, and you're listening to the podcast that gets to know the hikers behind the trekking poles, the podcast that asks the why questions of hiking, the podcast that asks hikers, how has hiking changed you and how you, in turn, are changing the world around you? That's right. You're listening to the Hiker Podcast, and real quick, I do want to thank our sponsors who helped make this possible. That's right. Of course, CS Instant Coffee, the best instant coffee on the trail, and right now they are offering 10% off of their coffee of your order if you use the promo code hiker podcast also can knock outdoors makers of the carbon fiber cork trekking poles they're amazing trekking poles based out of portland oregon handmade in portland oregon along with the water bottles and the water bags and all the good stuff and if you want 10 percent off your uh new trekking poles also use the promo code hiker podcast i I'm really appreciative of, of the sponsors of the, of the show because they make it so I can take a little less time freelancing and a little more time on the show and doing interviews. And so I, I'm super, super grateful to both Season to Coffee and Canuck because they are products and companies I believe in and I used already, which is super important. Also want to thank all of our Patreon. The Patreon is a platform where if you want to help the hiker podcast out, help me out, Andy, um, you can, you know, be like a, 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 a I don't know, a patron. <laughs> you Essentially, you have like monthly subscription levels and I send you stickers and buttons and coffee and all kinds of stuff. Um, and those people include Ava, Annette, Renee, Chad, Alistair, Stephanie, Mike, Danielle, Cade, Daniel, Ren, Jacob, Tommy, and Deb. Thank you all so much for being awesome Patreons. If you want to support this show on Patreon, no obligation at all, uh, go to hikerpodcast.com, click on the link, or go to patreon.com slash hiker podcast super duper excited this week i have an old friend on the show um many of you know uh, about four years ago i decided to go to film school i completely changed careers and i met this this guy in my first class his name is ben allen and we were in uh, all these film classes together a lot of a lot of communication and film classes we took together and uh, he got really into the outdoors and the southern oregon university outdoor leadership program as well and he minored in that, as well as uh, digital cinema, and we um, both graduated from Southern Oregon University, and he's now trained to be a California State um, Park Ranger, and has just been a great resource for me, because after I graduated, I got really into the outdoors, I got really into hiking, of course, and he was the first person I went to with questions, and he's been super helpful to me, and he's just a well of information and he has a british accent because he's cool and so not only does he have amazing things to say he's really awesome to listen to so um yeah i just want to introduce you to uh my friend hiker mountain biker climber skier and avid outdoors person ben allen So 
back in 2019, I started getting into the outdoors and hiking, and I reached out to our next guest a lot, um, just with questions. We had gone to school together, and he was in just doing a lot of the outdoor stuff at Southern Oregon University. He was in a lot of classes with me with, with digital cinema. I'm so happy to have him on. I have Ben Allen here on the show. Thank you so much for coming on, Ben. How you doing? I'm great. It's a pleasure to be here. So I've known you for, gosh, you were in the first class when I went back to school. And so you, you were in my first class and I never, I, I, I had no idea you were into the outdoors and we had a lot of classes together and it's just so weird that it's all coming back full circle here because like, you're really into like the outdoors and you're you're involved in the uh, outdoor leadership program at, at Southern Oregon University as well as digital cinema and uh, I kept going to you with questions once I graduated and was getting into the outdoors myself so before we just we talk why don't you tell everybody your background who you are where you come from yeah so um my name is Ben Allen and um I grew up down here in the lovely Bay Area in California um and I went to school at Southern Oregon University um and um I was actually born in England which is the accent you're hearing um and um basically I sort of got into the outdoors because um my family's always been quite outdoorsy and I grew up doing a lot of just you know classic hikes here in California um, and then also in England. And then when I came to SOU, I became involved with the outdoor program and got exposed to, um, you know, not just uh, doing all these outdoor activities in a sort of more institutional um, setting, but, you know, also a whole load of other activities like climbing and mountain biking and skiing and all that stuff. Um, so I've really kind of expanded my horizons since then, and it's actually led to an entire career change. So, yeah. So, yeah, you went to Southern Oregon University for a communication and digital cinema degree, and that's not what you're doing now. So what what is it you're pursuing now? Yeah, so I, I came to SVU, like you said, for com digital cinema, just like you did, Andy. Um, and funnily enough, the that what was it, studio production class was the first class I had taken in digital cinema as well. Um, so that's kind of a funny, another <laughs> weird full circle thing. Um and I decided that I was going to minor in outdoor adventure leadership. Um, you know, it just sounded fun. I needed a minor and, you know, why not, right? Um, and then I sort of became more and more involved with the outdoor program, um, which was the sort of student life side of outdoor activities at SOU and started working for them. And um, really through that, I was able to sort of determine what I wanted to learn. I was able to learn a lot of stuff about the outdoors through the Outdoor Adventure Leadership Program, but also just through my time as a staff member um, at the Outdoor Program. Um, and that's kind of led me now to my current career path, which is to um, work as a ranger. Um, so I currently work as a ranger aide for a sort of smaller open space district here in the Bay Area. I say smaller, it encompasses three counties and uh, <laughs> um, is actually like pretty large. Um, and it's the perfect kind of um, bridge to a, being a full ranger, which um, obviously varies um, by agency. Uh, but currently I'm in the selection process to work for California State Parks and to go into their academy. So... You, you you go to SOU, you go through digital cinema, uh, like me graduated. Then you know you you were already into the outdoors, and it definitely helped that the the digital cinema building is it was right next to the outdoor adventure leadership buildings with the the new gym there and the climbing wall and the the other building over there. Um, what is it though about 
the outdoors and this goes before SOU and, and hiking and you know, I mean you're 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 a hiker you and I've I've gone to a lot of hiking questions but I mean you do skiing oh gosh um, mountain biking I mean I've seen you do everything so I mean you're kind of just a an all in person when it comes to the outdoors and now you're making it your career um how did you first really kind of get into the outdoors and kind of was it at SOU was it before that what was it that got you into that space being from the Bay area, which is beautiful area, but it's very urban. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, I, I definitely grew up, um, just going on, you know, as even a little kid, you know, my family would always go to the beach and we'd always go and hike, you know, just small little hikes here in Santa Cruz mountains and stuff like that. Um, and you know, as I got older, um, it was my dad who, you know, really wanted to take me on some of these like classic hikes that he did when he moved to California. So, um, I believe it was, uh, when I was in middle school, um, we went and hiked half dome, which was a pretty transformative experience for mm-hmm. me. Um, I, you know, it's a, it's a really big hike yeah. and, um, you know, with a pretty, um, challenging summit at the end of it, you know, which really adds the whole thing. And, you know, having that experience definitely really cemented this ideology that it was something I want to keep doing. Um, and then I also, um, spent a lot of time visiting my family in England who live up near the Lake District, um, which is where a lot of these sort of iconic hikes, you know, that have been, um, you know, sort of staples of the outdoor industry since the outdoor industry was first a thing, you know, in the UK way back when, Um, and so, you know, climbing mountains like Helvellyn and stuff like that, um, in the UK was also a big part of that for me. So being a a digital cinema major, you, and being an avid outdoors person, um, and even just thinking back my first paid gig I ever, I ever did, um, where I was like the director, I actually hired you as my camera person. We were doing it for a political campaign and, um, and you're, you're, you're talented on the camera. You're great. So how how did how do those two things for you merge together because the outdoor entertainment industry is blowing up um i mean the this podcast has been a benefit a beneficiary of that you're seeing you know things like you know alex honnold and his documentary with with jimmy chin just blew up and um free solo and it's really becoming this huge big thing how do those two worlds for you merge being someone who is great with a camera who has his degree in training but also who loves the outdoors and is going to become a California state ranger. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's been strange because, um, you know, I thought that I'd, you know, go and work in, um, you know, like standard Hollywood film. And then, you know, as I sort of realized that being in the outdoors is something I really wanted to do, I was like, okay, maybe I want to move into sort of a more documentary realm. And, um, for some of my practicum, I did, um, social media work, uh, for Mount Ashland. And, you know, it was really fun getting to like film out in the ski resort and, um, you know, getting to balance my work with mountain operations with their sort of, um, social media team. Um, and I think, you know, something that's, I've kind of realized is that, um, I, you know, I'm a very active presence on social media and I love to share what I do. And, people always expect me to come on like every single trip, you know, and bring my camera and a tripod and like (laughs) all the support gear. And sometimes I do. And, you know, and, but I'll normally set out with that in mind. I'll be like this trip, this is for filming and shooting photos and all that. But a lot of times I'll just have my phone. And, you know, to me, it's not necessarily about getting that, like, 
you know, insane quality, you know, going to screen it in a cinema footage. You know, it's just about getting those clips and capturing those experiences that hopefully somebody else will look at them and they'll be like, that's really cool. I want to do that too. That's, that's what it's about for me. That's where it crosses over. That's something I I want to spend a little bit of time talking about as these changes have happened in the outdoor industry and in the film industry. I think COVID actually had a lot to do with it. There's this sudden interest in being in the outdoors, the trails, are busier than ever public lands are busier than ever you know national parks are blowing up um for better and more and worse what do you think is the future for outdoor entertainment where where is this going is this just a blip on the radar because of covid or are we moving into something more substantive substantive um in the world of documentary making and of, 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 of awareness of the outdoor and public spaces yeah, I mean, it's it'll be really interesting to see. I think, you know, I think it's going to be a mixture of all of those things. I think it'll be, you know, definitely a bit of a blip with COVID. You know, a lot of people are going to go back to their regular working lives and, you know, never think about the hikes they did during COVID again. Um, but then, you know, there's also a whole generation now that's kind of, um, you know, had some hopefully transformative outdoor experiences and, um, you know, they're going to seek out... Um, that outdoor media and um, education that a lot of us who are more involved in the outdoor community just kind of like, you know, we're exposed to it all the time. We just kind of take it for granted. Whereas these people who, you know, maybe went hiking for the first time during COVID, you know, now they're going to go and follow social media accounts for, um, you know, hiking groups and trail advocacy organizations. Um, and especially with the amount of, um, you know, social change, uh, with the Black Lives Matter movement and all that, I think there's a lot more interest in applying those concepts in the outdoors to things like trail advocacy and getting uh, marginalized groups into the outdoors. And I think, you know, all of that comes together. And I think media is going to play a huge part in um, popularizing that with just the general public. Now, what about the negative? What, what, what are kind of some of the negative sides of that? Because absolutely, we're seeing definitely more uh, diversification of the outdoors. There's much more push to, you know, the outdoors are for everybody. But what about the negative sides of it? What 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 are those, and what can we do from your perspective to to counter that? Yeah, I mean, like some, something that I encounter all the time. I spend a lot of my days at work at the moment. You know, I go and I pick up endless disposable masks off trails and Ugh, stuff yes. like that. Yeah, it's the worst. And um, it's funny because we've taken um, all of our maps out of our signboards at the entrances to all the preserves um, because, you know, we don't want people like touching maps with COVID and stuff. And so people just fill them with trash. So stuff like that, you know, those are the obvious things that we see. Um but, you know, there's also um, been a significant increase in uh, inexperienced people getting out into the backcountry and getting into trouble. And, you know, a lot of times it's just people who, um, you know, it can be stuff as simple as uh, people don't know what poison oak looks like. I talked to a lady the other day who's like, I really like running my hands through the bushes the entire time. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you might have poison oak then. Um <laughs> Or, you know, people who don't understand what rattlesnake looks like or what bears, you know, how to deal with a bear, that kind of thing. Um, and then there's also cases of, you know, people who are getting really out there and requiring whole search and rescue operations and stuff. I believe um, uh, a random statistic, I believe this last winter has been the deadliest year on record in terms of avalanche accidents. Uh. Um, and also just has the highest number of incidents in general, whether they were deadly or not. Um 
and you know sure that's pretty just applicable to the snow sports industry but it can also be applied to you know the outdoor industry in general there's just more people going out who maybe don't have not necessarily the experience because everybody started somewhere with no experience but maybe they don't have the mentors or mm-hmm. um you know whatever it is to get the information they need so I want to press into that a little bit because there are a lot of people getting into the outdoors for the first time. I mean, when I started getting the outdoors for the first time, I I went to several people, you were one of them, just about local things, what to do. What are some resources? Because I know just recently here, back up here in Oregon, along the Rogue River Trail, we've had two deaths along the trail, which is more than we've had in the last 10, 15 years. Um, A lot of it has to do with inexperienced hikers, people not knowing what they're doing, you know, not understanding things like poison oak or even leave no trace. So what can we do as, as hikers, as outdoors people to help educate those without also being condescending? Um, Cause there's, there's that balance there. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really hard because, um, you know, I, I mean, I'm still, you know, somebody who's learning all the time, And I'm aware that there's people that, you know, look up to me as a role model in the outdoors, but then I also look up to countless people and I still feel like a total beginner sometimes. And it's so hard um, sometimes not to feel like, you know, belittled or something, you know, when you're kind of forced into that learning perspective. And so, you know, I think... I think the key things in my mind is back to that whole thing with more media is like make learning accessible and acceptable. Um, you know, if people, um, on Instagram are posting about, you know, just going places, then people are like, I just want to go to those places. But if people are posting about going places and leaving no trace, then people are going to learn that, you know? And then in terms of the acceptable, you know, people need to, you know, talk about who their mentors were and where they found assistance, you know, where they joined a hiking club or an outdoor program, um, you know, places that have developed all of these things and can instruct them in such a way that, you know, people are really going to actually learn from them instead of just kind of like skimming over it. So with, with social media, um, before, before COVID even happened, uh, the Pacific Crest Trail Association had said that the number one thing driving people to hike the Pacific Crest Trail was Instagram and YouTube, whereas before it was the book and film Wild. Mm-hmm. The social media, YouTube, has blown everything up. And I like to talk a lot here about, about being responsible with your social media. There's things you can do, like talk about leave no trace, um, you know, land acknowledgments for indigenous people. As someone who's working out in that, as someone who's, you know, been in an outdoor education setting, what is what are some just key principles people need to understand when using social media with the outdoors to help make it better for everyone? Yeah. So, you know, I think there's one key thing um, that I think should be noted is that you know, no place is necessarily going to be secret forever, you know, and I think it's, I'm a personal believer in, you know, not trying to hide places from the general public, you know, there might be places that are lesser known or lesser visited. Um, But, you know, I think 
maybe the first step is like understanding like whose land you're on, for example. So, you know, a place like a national park is somewhere that's already promoted by the federal government as, you know, being the best place to go, right? Hence it being national park. Mm-hmm. Whereas, you know, maybe some little corner of, you know, some forest service land or Bureau of Land Management, you know, that sees, you know, less taxpayer dollars to protect it and enforce the law and all that stuff, you know, maybe that's somewhere that, you know, you don't want to be promoting people to go. Um, so again, like don't keep things a secret, but also, you know, be mindful of which, um, audiences you're promoting things to, um, in terms of accessibility. And, you know, so I think that's something, and then there's also just being responsible with social media when you're out in the field. Um, you know, there's been, I I can't believe it's actually happened, but you know, there's documented instances of people like falling off cliffs because they're taking pictures and, you know, uh, we're in wildflower season right now, as I'm sure a a lot of the listeners have noticed. And, um, you know, people just go like trampling all over the place to, you know, get out into the, the wildflower fields. And, you know, it's really important to stay on trail and, you know, you can get those photos for while being on trail, you know, you don't have to lie in the middle of the flowers. (laughs) You got to get that shot for Insta. No, you don't. (laughs) So you you talked about funding for public lands and Mm -hmm. as someone who's going to be, your your hope is to work for a publicly funded organization that protects, you know, public lands in California. What are some of the biggest challenges um, to making sure these public lands stayed stay secure and stay safe, stay accessible. Um, there's the obvious, you know, issues of fire and, and, and litter and, you know, just, you know, logging and things like that. But what are some of the biggest challenges you see from your perspective that really can hurt public lands from a, just a ecological point of view and from a funding point of view? Yeah. I mean, you know, the, there's countless things that can hurt the public lands and, you know, like you said, whether it's litter or fire or whatever it is. Um, but I think like from a funding point of view, like really the key thing is just the people, like, again, like you said, publicly funded, the more people we can get to go to parks and preserves and protected public lands, um, you know, the more awareness there'll be and the more likely someone will be to be like, you know, I want my taxpayer dollars to go towards protecting the space that I've enjoyed, whether they've enjoyed it once or whether they go and hike there every single day after work, you know? Um, and so I think that that education and accessibility is really important. And, you know, and so again, it's going to be all about getting marginalized groups into the outdoors and getting people who typically live in inner cities, you know, where the bulk of our voting population is, you know, into the mountains so they can experience what they could be voting for. Um, and then another thing that, you know, I've become very aware of recently is there's this real divide in outdoor culture. We have, um, you know, not to generalize too much, but we sort of have this, these bipartisan groups that are often linked to specific political ideologies. So you've sort of got all your hikers and your climbers and, um, you know, this sort of very left leaning group. And then you've got all your hunters and off-roading enthusiasts and, stuff like that. And that's often looked at as a more conservative ideology. And the reality is, you know, we all want the same things. We all recreate differently. Yes. And some things are, you know, more, um, you know, some things are definitely can be more damaging to our public lands than others. You know, off-roading can definitely do its damage, you know, same with hunting. But when, when those two groups come together, 
And, you know, there's a lot of crossover between those two entities. Like, I definitely enjoy driving around on forest roads, for example, just exploring when I don't feel like hiking or whatever. You know, so there's a lot of crossover. And if people kind of are more accepting of that, the you know, force the out outdoor industry could be like unstoppable, like 70% of it or something like that is just hunting and off-roading and all that. And combined with all that hiking and climbing and skiing and, you know, all that other stuff, it could just be, you know, a real force to be reckoned with, I think. I think it's funny you say that because we even see that in the outdoor gear industry. There's the, there's this, you know, here in Medford, we have within a mile of each other, we have Sportsman's Warehouse, which is mm-hmm. for your fisher, your, your fisher people, your, your hunters. And then you have REI, which is very much your hikers, your backpackers, your kayakers. Um, but Patagonia did an amazing documentary um, called Public Trust, where they talk to hunters and fishers, as well as hikers and 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 other stakeholders in these public lands. And it's like when they started talking to them, they all wanted the same thing. They wanted these public lands protected and not exploited and accessible. And it's just it's amazing how we so quickly divide ourselves. And don't get me wrong, there are people, you know, who do exploit. I've had I've had a bad encounter with a hunter you know mm-hmm. on the trail unfortunately because they were they were not being responsible but as someone who myself grew up with hunters i understand how to responsibly hunt and what that means and tags and things like that so with that said where is the the outdoor industry going especially in california there's so much land out there there's so much to be protected and there's so many people there already and then coming in to enjoy you know, the land around the bay or, you know, Yosemite, or I'm, I'm just thinking of all the different, I mean, I'm planning to go to, La- to, to Mount Lassen here pretty soon, um, Lassen Volcanic National Park here soon. Um, there's so much there. What, what's, what's next for the outdoor industry? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's so hard to say. I think there's um, in some ways, you know, coming down out of COVID, there's kind of a lot of um, almost like instability, I want to say, you know, we're, we're coming into a potentially f- harsh fire season. Um, we don't know, you know, what kind of numbers we'll be seeing in parks in terms of visitation, you know, kind of now that COVID's ended, you know, will it be increased? Will it be less? Who knows? Um I think, you know, we do, we've seen kind of a positive trend over kind of the last 10 years of um, places being increasingly protected. Um, for example, um, there's Pinnacles National Park, which was formerly Pinnacles National Monument. It's one of my favorite places to go and hike that's kind of in my region. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and that was um, protected as a national park in an Obama era push for, um, you know, it's a different designation to get it more funding and um, more recognition. And so, Stuff like that, I think, is really good. I know that the agency I work for, um, Mid Peninsula Regional Open Space, um, you know, we've been doing decently well on funding in the last couple of years, and um, a lot of uh, land that's formerly ranch land, uh, not so much logging land now in the Santa Cruz Mountains, but mainly ranches, you know, they, they're no longer finding it that feasible to run their ranches in this area, you know, which in some ways is a shame, but it also allows for organizations like Midpen to buy up their land because they're right there ready to get on that and, um, you know, restore it and, you know, build trails where there needs to be and come up with education programs and create safe ways for people to access these areas, you know, and then, 
you know, create more um, protected land, which I think is a fantastic thing. So overall, I think it's a positive, everything's moving in a positive direction over a longer term. But I think right now we're in this weird period of instability. So at SOU, you were involved in the outdoor leadership program there. And I remember you telling me, um, like literally after I graduated, I started getting into the outdoors and you're like, you have, to, you're going to have to go back to school now and go and get an outdoor degree. And I'm like, no, I can't afford a third bachelor degree. <laughs> <laughs> Pointless at this point. Um, but there may be people, we have, we have a lot of uh, new hikers and, and people who are first getting in the outdoors listening to this show. And they're like, you know what? I would like to make a career out of being in the outdoors. The thought of, you know, going to work every day and, and being in the forest or even the deserts or, you know, high deserts or wherever, that just appeals to me. And that, that's something that I wouldn't call it work because I would just love it so much. Um, how would someone get into that? Do they need to go to, you know, to an SOU outdoor leadership program? Do they need to have formal training? What, what does a person need to do if they want to get into the, a, a pub, a public uh, entity working in the outdoors, like the state of California or the national forest service? Yeah, I mean, so I think, the you know, you don't have to have a degree in some kind of public recreation or outdoor adventure leadership or, um, you know, natural resources. Of course, all those things can definitely help. And, you know, in certain positions, they will be required. But the vast majority of the time, you know, all that's required for these jobs is just a college degree. And the really key things um, in my mind are... Um, First and foremost, you know, before you dedicate your life to, you know, working in public lands or as an outdoor guide or whatever it is, um, you know, always having a backup plan, a backup career, and that might help you determine what degree you get. Um, like, so for me, communications, digital cinema is a pretty good one because I could always go into communications, marketing type stuff, but it's also pretty applicable to, um, you know, work in public lands. Communication is a key skill, of course. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the really important thing is experiences, um, and whether those experiences are sort of quantifiable, like certifications, you know, whether you take, you know, your wellness first aid class or, um, you know, a, a technical rope rescue class or, you know, anything like that, you know, that's just an experience. But then there's also, you know, things like, um, you know, being a part of guided programs or, you know, working in a sort of entry level guiding environment, like an outdoor program, um, where you can kind of gain that experience and start to understand the industry from the inside out. Um, and then, you know, so that's kind of your good entry point. And then as you work your way up, it's going to be, if you're trying to work in public lands, you need experience in public lands. So if you're trying to get in with the national park service, they're a little bit different, you know, and same with the forest service as well. They want to see you do lots of seasonal work and stuff like that beforehand. Um, and then a lot of other places, you know, they're just going to want to see that you've worked in the outdoors and you have an understanding of, you know, what type of people recreate in what kind of areas and, um, you know, just that kind of thing. But it's all experience. The more experience you can get, the better. And if it's just personal experience and just you going on your own trips, I think that's honestly fantastic too and can probably go a very long way. Absolutely. So what's next for you? You're, you're getting ready to, to working towards being a ranger. What, what, what's the future look like for Ben? Yeah, I mean, um, it's, it's exciting and um, also a little uncertain in some ways. I'm in the selection process with California State Parks. Um, it's a year long thing. I applied 
um, something like, I think March last year, I put in my first application to California state parks. And then since then it's been a whirlwind of background investigations and, um, written tests and physical tests and all that stuff. And now I'm finally coming up to a point where, um, I, I'm actually going to my a lie detector interview tomorrow, which is kind of a, an exciting concept. <laughs> um, and then I should hopefully, assuming I pass that, get a conditional offer of employment um, with state parks, which would be that I would get paid to go through their academy, assuming that I can pass like their psychological evaluation and um, and their uh, their like physical evaluations. So, you know, it's a very long process, um, but it's also one that I'm very glad to be a part of because in California, state parks, rangers are um, actually state police, which a lot of people don't realize. And I think in this day and age where, you know, policing is really in the spotlight in the US, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's definitely something that I've thought a lot about going into it, you know, having to carry a gun, all that stuff. You know, it's it's definitely something that's weighed on my mind from time to time. But I I can say that like everything I've experienced so far with state parks has been um, really heartening and that I think they've really thought through, you know, who they're hiring and, you know, they're taking, you know, their, their psychological evaluations and everything are really hopefully, you know, going to avoid these situations that we've been seeing across the US. And I think, you know, statistically and throughout history, we've kind of seen that, you know, with rangers aren't really there to you know uh just be police officers you know we're also educators and rescue professionals you know it's just another tool in the toolbox that we have to use sometimes and i think that's something that um really speaks to me awesome so if people want to follow you on your journey uh where would they go um probably the best spot is my instagram uh ben underscore allen underscore um, I post decently frequently there, although I've been super busy recently, so I haven't posted much. Um, that's a pretty good spot to go. Um, I'm hoping that maybe one day I can get into sort of a public information officer position and, you know, I'd, I'd hope to be maybe making some videos and stuff, um, maybe for California state parks or whatever agency I end up with, you know, who knows that would be a really awesome thing to be able to do. Awesome. Ben, good luck to you in the process. And just thank you for being so cool to me as I've been getting in the outdoors and just letting our listeners know a lot of them just were just getting in the outdoors like I was. And they just want this information. And just thank you for sharing it and being so awesome about it. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely my pleasure. And, you know, all I want is for other people to be able to have the same experiences that I've been so privileged to have. Um, and, you know, just get people out there. Big thank you to Ben for coming on the show. We've been wanting to have him on. He's been wanting to be on. And I've wanted to have him on for quite a while. And it just worked out this week. So, Ben, thank you so much. Make sure you follow him on Instagram. And uh, if you don't know where to uh, follow me on Instagram, go to Andy Films and Hikes. And you'll see all my uh, day hiking adventures and some backpacking adventures coming up and camping adventures. And this this, uh, August, some through hiking adventures and very excited about all that also just thank you all for continuing to support this podcast 
I'm blown away about how this is just taking off. And I say that every week. Maybe I'm a broken record. I don't know. But I just, I, I thank you all for just being so cool and uh, supporting me. This, this kind of chubby guy who likes to hike and decided to do a podcast about it. And you all have just been super um, just encouraging. So um, on the Patreon, if you want to follow, if you want to become a Patreon, I am right now, um, including with all patrons, a, um, a new sticker. That is hiking is for everybody. And you can uh, check that sticker out on my Instagram or the hiker podcast Instagram, which is at hiker podcast. And that's included with all levels of Patreons. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to put that sticker up on um, hikerpodcast.com for purchase here pretty soon. Um, but for now, it's just going to be Patreon only probably midsummer. I'm going to put that for sale. You can order it all that fun stuff to help out the show. Also, another great way to help out the show is to uh, go leave a review wherever you listen. Uh, wherever you listen, leave a five-star or thumbs-up or whatever kind of review it has. Apple Podcasts is the easiest one to do. Leave a little note there. Let me know that you're listening, and it's just, it's super helpful. Also, share this with your friends who are into the outdoors and hiking, and also, I want to hear from you. So hit me up on email, andy at hikerpodcast.com, or on the gram, as they say. Hit me up on the Insta, on the gram, on the IG. Uh, of course, Andy Films and Hikes is my username there. Also, I do want to just mention this real quick. I'm super excited. Gregory Pax, in um, collaboration with Jenny Brusso and Unlikely Hikers, put out a line of plus size packs this week. Um, and it, it's just, I'm, I'm super excited to get my hands on one. And um, yeah, I know a lot of you who listen um, also are plus size hikers as well. And, or maybe, you know, someone who's bigger and, and it's, it's harder to find a pack. I know for my pack, I had to get an extender and still doesn't fit my shoulders the way I want it to. Uh, it's a great pack, but it just does, it doesn't work as much as I would like it to work. And I'm super excited to get my hands on uh, one of these packs for the Tahoe rim trail hike through hike I'm doing this summer. Um, so yeah, guys, thank you so much for being awesome. Make sure you support our sponsors, Kanak outdoors and CS Instant Coffee. All the links for them are in the description of this episode. And if you don't know where, the, if, you, if you want any information at all, go to hikerpodcast.com. Email me, andy at hikerpodcast.com. Um, so yeah, that's the show this week. I'm super excited about next week's guest, which you'll find out about next week. Also, I keep saying also. I'm, yeah, you guys are awesome. Thank you. I... Oh man, this has been really cool. This whole journey of creating this podcast. It's May, it's almost June. This podcast started first day, July 1, 2020. And I'm like, wow, look at where we're at and look at what's happened in a year. And so I'm just, I'm grateful and I'm encouraged and I'm hopeful for the future as this pandemic is winding down. And as Ben and I talked about, you know, I think there's going to be a renewed and um, sustain love for the outdoors. Some people will get back into the indoor stuff. You know, I, I went back to the gym today for the first time, but all my gym training was very specific training for the Tahoe Rim Trail off the stair stepper. I'm going to start putting a pack on to do it. But I'm just, uh, I'm blown away. And I'm excited how um, I, I had this love of creating media and film and audio and this love for the outdoors. And they both come together. And I'm, I'm, I have some amazing opportunities coming up. So thank you all for allowing me to do that and letting me chirp into your ears a little bit each week and talk about hiking. So 
Um, if there's anything you want me to talk about, I'm, I'm going to start doing some uh, more topical stuff here pretty soon coming up in season three. We were going to do that in season two, but probably season three, maybe the end of season two. Just some more topical conversations, some people who've been on the show before. Anything you'd like me to talk about, let me know. Any guests you'd like me to have, let me know. And if you email me or message me and I don't respond immediately, I'm sorry, but I will. Also, I have the regular Hiker Podcast stickers. I just give out for free. Just give them out. So hit me up with your address and I will mail them out. Also, I have a P.O. box now. So if you want to send me stickers you have or whatever, shirts or just a postcard, that's the biggest thing. You're on the trail. Send me a postcard. The the, the P.O. box. Um, my P.O. box. It's not a P.O. box. It's a mailing. It's, it's, a, it's a mailing address. Uh, but my, my, my box, that my that's not my home address, uh, will be in the description of this episode. And you can go check that out and... Uh, Send me a postcard from the trail. Let me know where you're coming from. I'd love to, I'd love to see it. So with that, guys, thank you so much for listening. Thanks, Ben, for being on the show. And uh, we'll see you next week here on the Hiker Podcast. This is being lost and may I never be found. I'm staying.